What is up, everyone? Hello again. Welcome back. So glad you could join us again. I'm really excited about this little trilogy that we've got going uh, based on Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. Um, and I'm excited about what we have to talk about today. And I would just encourage you that if you weren't able to be with us yesterday, go back and have a listen uh, before continuing on. It's not to say that you won't get anything out of today, but there is a certain progression to these three devotionals. In every way, Jesus is our aim. He's the living example that shows us how to get to that aim, and he's the mentor that helps us get there. Uh, therefore, we always have to begin with him, and that's what we did yesterday. So again, have a listen if you haven't already, but for the rest of us, let's begin now with a word of prayer. God, we thank you again for this opportunity to be together, to read and reflect on your word, to learn from you, um, and hopefully to be changed. God, we pray that we would be different after this time that we spend with you, and we ask it in faith. Amen. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Then Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand at the highest point of the temple if you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Yesterday, we focused our attention exclusively on what Jesus experienced in this moment and how significant it was for him to remain in the identity that God had spoken to him at his baptism. Today, we shift our focus slightly to understand the challenges for us as we share in Jesus' identity uh, by what the New Testament refers to over and over as being in Christ. Now, I said this yesterday, but it's worth mentioning again. I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus' testing in the wilderness immediately follows God's declaration of him at his baptism. Those three phrases of identity, you are my son, I love you, I'm proud of you. I don't think it's a coincidence because we see those three areas of Jesus' identity being the exact areas where the devil attacks him. Remember, this was all happening at the end of Jesus' time in the desert. He was hungry and tired. He was hot and sweaty and dirty and absolutely worn out. At the end of any competition, when time's running out, you don't hold anything back. You don't, you don't have a chance to win after the match is over. So the devil attempts to go for the knockout punch here and take Jesus down. 
God has called Jesus his son, and this is where the enemy first presses in. If, if you're really God's son, then tell these stones to become bread. In, in other words, what kind of son are you if your dad won't feed you when you're hungry? How could you possibly be his beloved child if he won't provide food for you after you've been starving for 40 days? Jesus had also heard, I'm pleased with you from his father. To this, the enemy challenged, really? Pleased with you? About what? Honestly, what have you accomplished? Your mission is to save the world, and only a few people from some small towns even know that you exist. I'm giving you access to the world right now in an instant. Now is when you have the chance to really do something with your life. Of course, the father had also told Jesus that he loved him. Then how could he let you fall from the temple to your death, questioned the devil? Wouldn't that contradict his love? What kind of parent wouldn't save their child if they could? Appetite, ambition, approval. These are three of, or maybe even the three, basic needs of every human. Appetite, will our basic needs be met? Ambition, will our lives amount to anything? And approval, will anyone really love me? These are the three words of identity that God spoke to Jesus at his baptism, and they were the three words of identity that the devil challenged him on in the 12th round, when Jesus' body was up against the ropes and his heart and mind were most vulnerable to attack. This lens of appetite and ambition approval was given to me by Mike Breen about six years ago, and it's become transformational for me, not simply for how I read these passages in Luke, but how I view my own life and my own spiritual struggles, and how much more I appreciate what Jesus went through and was able to overcome. We should mention that neither appetite nor ambition nor approval are bad or wrong in and of themselves. We need food and shelter and sleep to survive. And all of us have needs of community and family and sex and acceptance. The list goes on. We were created to be productive. We've talked at length about this during our readings in Genesis, about God's original intention for humans to be fruitful and grow, to live lives that produced good in the world. But lastly, we were designed to be loved. In fact, it was God's very intention for humanity that we would be the highest objects of his love. We were to share a relationship with him in which we trusted him to provide and to guide and to care for us. And in return, like Adam and Eve, we would live naked and unashamed. The problem of sin, that is, the choice to look for appetite, ambition, and approval to be completely fulfilled in anything other than God, that problem, the, the problem that that choice creates is that nothing other than God can do it. Nothing else was created to do it. So, so we can never eat enough or eat enough really good food to feel satisfied. We can't write enough books or speak to enough crowds or win enough games or win enough games vicariously through our kids. 
and no one else, not our parents or our older siblings or our girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse, no, not even our dog, can love and appreciate us enough to make us feel completely secure. Every one of us deals with the temptations that Jesus dealt with. Each of us is tempted to indulge or to hoard in pursuit of our appetites. We all overwork or, or work instead of caring for the people around us. And we all have wondered at least once, does anyone really know me? And if they did, would they stick around or would I end up alone? At the same time, every one of us is also probably vulnerable to one of these more than the others. Which one is it for you? For me, it's ambition. I've worked late nights, sometimes all-nighters, to turn in my best work and be recognized for it. I've sacrificed time with my wife and my kids to write a little more or make a video a little better produced. I constantly catch myself jamming too much into my day to feel like I did everything that I should have done that day. There was a, a time when I wrote this off as simply having high expectations for myself. God's blessed me with health and certain abilities, so I'm going to use those to produce and accomplish as much as I can. Then there were times when, when God, in his still, small, gentle loving voice would ask, who are you doing that for? Is it for me or for you? I'll ask you again, which one is it for you? Let's close today with a word of warning and a word of encouragement. The warning is, do not ignore these. Please don't brush off this question or the time that it's going to take you to reflect on it, to come to an answer. The, the enemy wants you to brush him off, to act like all of this is no big deal, that you'll be fine in the end, to pretend that he doesn't exist, like he's not really trying to distract you and to destroy your life. At the same time, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you share in the identity that he received at his baptism and in the victory that he accomplished through his temptations. In his humanity, he understands exactly what it means to be vulnerable and to be vulnerable exactly where you're vulnerable. And he has shown you the way. He's shown you what it is to trust God to provide even when you don't know how he'll do it. He's shown you what it is to work out of your identity rather than to work for it. And he's shown you what it is to deny the fleeting affection of the world in order to remain faithful to the one who loves you inside and out. He is our victor and he's willing to be our savior in whatever area of life we need it most. Let's pray. God, again, I'm just so grateful for your word to us and for the living example that we get in your son, Jesus. Uh, we're thankful that through faith in him, we have access uh, not only to rest in his identity, uh, but we have access to receive the same power from heaven that you gave him to overcome his temptations. 
I pray for uh, all my friends that they would take time today to answer that question. Appetite, ambition, approval. Which one are they most vulnerable with? And, and to just be confident um, that you're going to give them a helpful answer, to give them a word of grace, to give them a word of encouragement that empowers them for breakthrough. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your love, and for your mercy. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.